Brandon came through as always. Brandon has been our producer for this podcast pre-Anthony. Back when we did it, remember at the Liffy around a like we were, we were, we did a podcast that was so small that we were around a booth. Yeah, and there were like two people on it was very weird. But we said it's packed. So there you go. We're we're live? Nice. Welcome back to Worst Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, coming to you live from Tuttle's in Hopkins uh, for another edition of uh, Worst Seats in the House. And uh, next live show, September 20th. Um, it will be at Elsie's now. So if you listen to last week's podcast, and I said September 19th at Tuttle's, well, I was lying. So make sure you correct that on your calendar now, September 20th at Elsie's. It'll be me and a very special super secret guest, that is so super secret. I don't even know who it is, and he doesn't know who it is yet, because I've put about this much thought in secrecy. It. Yeah, but it'll be. I will announce it first after I secure that person, and it'll be a fun, fun show, Anthony. And uh, you will be in New York at the broadcaster meetings. Uh, by the way, welcome our new newest sponsor, Moe's Ice House. Yes, yeah, exactly. we welcomed him last week. That was great, and thrilled to have him. They. It looks like they're going to be the host site of the Donkey Hockey League draft this year, too. Nice. So that'll be a, we'll test out one of their banquet rooms. And you're going to have to Zoom when I'm in Des Moines? Oh, I shouldn't have probably said that. Uh, no. Or by the way, the Wild are going to Des Moines for team bonding. No, but the, I'm excited. I'm actually excited for the, I'm, I'm excited for the, uh, the broadcast meeting yeah. trip. I'm trying to just. There's about six wild texts that I'm getting tomorrow that is, I'm in deep, deep crap. Right. And I was oh, ju- just real quick before I'm super hyped up. I was just trying to keep talking so that yeah. maybe people just wouldn't yeah. even notice that you slipped that in. I was just yeah, going to uh, try and save you. I had, uh, I had these flashbacks to sitting next to Blylevin in New York. Yeah. <laughs> it was very close. Actually, you just welcome those. Right. All right. So anyway, I'm excited to go to the broadcast meetings. There's some things that I'm intrigued to hear about, as always. It's great. We get a chance to hear from the rules guys. We get a chance to hear from the broadcast department, from the commissioner, from everything from the player tracking and some of that technology and those advancements to different things they're going to do in the broadcast this year to rule changes, to rule interpretations, to replay process, all that kind of stuff. It's We get a chance to hear from everybody. And, and in addition to their social media people and, and just about every department of the National Hockey League, player safety gives a presentation. So it's, it's always interesting, and we learn a lot heading into the season. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, I can't believe I just dropped the Des Moines thing. That's yeah. going to be a problem. You weren't even listening to a word I just said, were you? No, I was, try, like, I was trying to brush it over so ah, that you no. would. It's kind of funny. You just keep bringing it up again. Yeah. You're just you're burying yourself. Yeah. I've had so much coffee today; it's insane. And actually, so I just met with uh, Reagan over there, who works over in uh, in Wisconsin. He's he works for a, a, a newspaper there. And so I met him. I told him we were meeting at Starbucks and Hopkins, and I show up, and he we've never met. And uh, I show up on the patio, and he already immediately learned the worst of Russo. I just go to him out loud. I'm like, is this effing place closed? Like, I haven't even introduced myself. I just snapped at him that Starbucks is closed. So then we went to Caribou, and um, it was good. No no Starbucks, though. All right, well, that was a fascinating story. Do you have any any other ones? No. (laughs) (laughs) I I could bash a certain place. So I'm in North Branch the other day. I went to a all day like bachelor party, but I showed up late and um, 
First of all, if I had to, remember when we went to Wyoming at Split Rocks and we immediately met the mayor? Maybe you yeah, did, I think and I did. He was, I think he was campaigning. Yeah, I don't she, think he was. No, no, no. There was like a, there was a big, like, uh, there was a big, a like. state senator yeah, guy was yeah. campaigning so there. she was there. Okay. Having dinner with her husband, right, and listen to our podcast. And so, like, if I had to guess, like, you're going to go to Wyoming, Minnesota, I would think that you'd meet the, the mayor immediately. Right, Brandon? Yeah. So, uh, so if, but same thing. Like, if, to me, if you're going to North Branch, Minnesota, you should probably meet the mayor in Saint, like immediately, right? It's a small little town. You got to think you're going to run into the mayor. So we go to this. So I go to my friend's bachelor party, and it's he's having like lawn games on his like um, on his uh, on his uh, like house property. And within five minutes, there the mayor comes up to campaign because he's running for county commissioner, Jim Swenson. And I just thought it was hilarious. I'm like, I told him like, I was I've been in Wyoming like one day in my life. Immediately met the mayor, and here I am in North Branch. Immediately met the mayor. Go to central Minnesota. You go to a bar, you'll meet the chief of police, the yeah. mayor, the priest. They'll all be there. Yeah, exactly. And then we went to, um, should I say the name of the place? So then we went to the worst experience I've ever had at a restaurant in my entire life. And I'm not kidding. It was absolutely the most poorly run restaurant ever. So uh, Was um, it worse than the Italian place in Pittsburgh? No, with the, the Italian place I at least ate. This place, I, I didn't yeah, this place was in, insanely bad. They, they, like, uh, it, it was packed. So we walk in. It's like eight of us. And we sit down. And, uh, and the guy comes over. And he goes, I can't take your order for 20 minutes. The kitchen's backed up. All right, fair enough. Then he comes over. And he's like, um, I'm only doing pizzas. No salads, no sandwiches. And you know, I don't eat pizza. So immediately I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm not going to complain. And then I'm watching, and like every server is taking orders of salads and sandwiches, including him, including him. And then we call another server over, and I told her, I'm like, hey, he will not take my like sa- salad order. And she looks at me like I'm like, what did he say? And he was, and then and then I confronted him about it, and he just like was just absolutely dumbfounded that I was even making a big deal out of this. So. North Branch. I'll skip it next time I'm in North Branch. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was my only goal today, by the way, was to rip on North Branch. So, um, so Anthony, um, since our last podcast, um, well, nothing's happened. <laughs> no, I don't think anything has. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had talked at the end of the last show. Remember, it was the show before. The next day, I was watching the NHL Network, and they had some things that had changed in the league. And I said, oh, we should have. Talked about those, and I completely forgot what those were again. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so I, I will say this. So Wednesday, I'm actually heading. So tomorrow, I have a, a, I have a bunch of cool stories coming up in The Athletic. And hopefully, everybody read the Brock Besser piece uh, today, which you and I can talk about in a little bit. Um, but um, so tomorrow, I'm having lunch with Jake Middleton. I'm telling you, this is going to be an epic feature. Like, he doesn't even know all the stuff that I've already learned about him that I'm going to just throw at him tomorrow. So that's going to be really... Well, he probably knows it. Well, he, he just knows it, but he know doesn't know that, know that I know it. <laughs> right. And so he's sitting down thinking we're just going to have this happy-go-lucky lunch. And I'm like, so, uh, 19, you know. So um, so that'll be a fun story. And then I'm also sitting down with Dean tomorrow and uh, got a bunch of questions. And we talked a little bit about this on last week's show is that, you know, we're getting questions all the time from from uh, wild fanatics that want to know, all right, what do you think of the power play? What do you think of who's going to be on this line and that line? And so this is the type of stuff that I'll throw at them tomorrow, and we'll run that the first day of training camp for a Q&A. Um, but if you had one question for Dean, Anthony, what do you think it would be? Hmm, only one? Or you can give me all, all well, of them. No, I, it, right now I'm going in. Yeah. With you have a blank page yeah. in your notebook? I do. 
Uh, I think the, the one biggest question would be, how are you going to adjust the special teams, mm-hmm. both from a personnel but also an X's and O's perspective? And I don't think he'd be surprised by the question. I think that's what they felt the biggest area that needed to be addressed and improved from last season. I think that, and the only other thing I would be curious, what his first thoughts are on losing Cam Talbot and having yeah. to lean on Marc-Andre Fleury more heavily than I'm sure he was thinking prior to that trade. No doubt. Those would be the two topics I'd be most curious to yeah. to hear from him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and, and um, you know, I think that the, the hope with these Q&As a lot of times is to give actual, you know, give actual information rather than just coach speak. And the one thing about Dean is he's very honest. So I think that we will start to learn um, a little bit more tomorrow. I mean, obviously lines are going to change and things like that. I talked to Marcus Felino today on the phone. I'm like, who's, are you playing left wing or right? He goes, honestly, I have no idea. I assume right because I played right wing 90% of the time last year, but I agree. Like Greenway's out. So maybe they put him on left wing. He said, Freddie Goudreau right now looks unbelievable in these practices. So it intrigues him to maybe play left wing and put Freddie on the right. If you're going to give Marco Rossi that shot at, or Sam Steele at the third line or whatever you consider the lines, right, with Boldy. Um, but then he's like, look, the other option is maybe a Jost there. And then you go with uh, with Felino on the right. The one thing, though, is don't you remember there were times last year where Jost played with that line and it just didn't seem to go well. Remember he played. Uh, yeah, it was pretty short stints, yeah, though. Yeah, St. Louis, though, was the one game where he played on that line. It just didn't go well. Um, it, I'm trying to think what game it was. Somebody got hurt. It might have even been Greenway. In St. Louis, uh, at toward the end of the regular season, if I remember, and he moved up to that line, and it just didn't it didn't go exactly as well. So we'll see, uh, you know, how everything's going to go. In yeah, that I situation. think there's a lot of things that are going to change, even from the start of camp to the end of camp. No, I no. don't think this is a season where you're going to enter with a mm-hmm. pretty good idea what the lines are going to look like, and, and part of that is the injury, the injury to Greenway that. With him in the lineup, I think there's very little question you at least start with that line intact. But I think right now you're going to see a lot of changes and probably see a lot of changes throughout camp as they experiment in some of these preseason games to get an idea of what might be possible. Absolutely. We have a, um, by the way, grain to belt as usual is here. Uh, Two for one specials going on during this podcast. If you uh, get yourself a Grain Belt beer, Northeast, uh, Shells, whatever, come on over and get yourself a raffle ticket. We're giving away a couple Shell signs at the end of the show. If you ask a question, we have a mic up here right to the uh, left there of Reagan. Um, if you ask a uh, question during the show, go get yourself a raffle ticket and we'll give these out. It just, uh, I want everybody to come up immediately to ask questions, but we do seem to have a trend for some reason that the person or two that asked the question late always seems to win a couple of the things, so we'll see. Uh, so I mentioned Wednesday I'm going to uh, Vegas for the NHL media tour. That is going to be an absolute blast. Um, basically, the way it works is, is, and again, this is part of my new role, is being part, part national, is uh, 32 players from 32 teams go there, and you meet with the NHL network, you meet with rights holders, all those Instagram things that you see on NHL's social media platforms throughout the year, that stuff is all filmed there all commercials that you see throughout an NHL season that would be on, that's all filmed there. And then there's national writers like myself that get to sit down with all these players and the list of players this year. Um, I cannot wait. I mean, it's, we're talking McDavid, we're talking uh, McKinnon, McCarr. Um, yeah. Colorado sending two. Austin Matthews, Roman Yossi, um, Truba, uh, just a bunch of, bunch of really uh, cool players are going to be there. Mark Andre Fleury is representing the wild. Jared McCann, 
from Seattle, what are the chances he's actually uh, like Jake Middleton's like closest, longest friend? So I'll get to talk to him about Jake, and so I'm ready. I cannot wait to this. It's uh, those days are always fun. We have essentially that with the wild, which is a much smaller scale, but those conversations are invaluable over the course of the season. We tape stuff with those guys at the start of the season to do all of our promos and all that kind of, but those guys just follow a script all day or follow a schedule all day where it's, all right, now you're with Bally Sports North for 10 minutes. Now you're with the radio guys for 10 minutes, the social media guys for 10 minutes. So I'm assuming this is a similar setup for all of these guys where they'll just be bouncing from one guy to the next. So I hope you come up with some yeah. questions that aren't the same thing they've answered 24 no, times right. already I mean, in the we day. We had a meeting about that today. I'm going with Sean Gentile from Pittsburgh, one of our writers there who's you know always writes fun stuff. And we have some awesome ideas planned. Uh, but guys like Zegris are there, Jack and Quinn Hughes, uh, both Kachuk brothers, um, Huberto. Um, it, it's going to be uh, neat. Max Domi from Chicago. I'm trying to think who else. I mentioned Yossi. Forget who's going for St. Louis, but it's going to be it's going to be a blast. Vasilevsky, um, it, it's going to be neat. So I can't wait for that. Um, anybody have questions? <laughs> Come on up. Feel free. There well, we you, go. you wanted to talk about your Brock Besser story too. Do you want to get into that yeah, first? Yeah, or let's always, get yeah. this question yep. first. Yep. I thought it was a good time to look at the three years that Billy Garen has been here, and I have a theory: before Garen wow. versus I, after Garen. I just want right away. Like I, I'm getting a glimpse of your piece of paper, and it looks like a Russo athletic article. So uh, this could well, this could I'll be try a while. and make it quick. Okay, all right. But, all right. So I've got a before Garen versus after Garen theory. Okay. That we've had more captain pedigree players in the three years that he's been here, which is since August 2019. Okay. So on defense, for example, there's only three before Garen players left, and out of those, we got. Two with Captain Pedigree. I don't think Brodine's got anything. And you were, you're right. my reliable sources. I can't necessarily get everything out of the internet. I did my best. So I, I want to just go through some of the additions. So in 2020, we added two guys, you know, in the Zucker trade, Addison and Ryan O'Rourke. And I got one out of two for those. Do you agree? In term, one out of two, what do you mean? Having Captain Pedigree. So they've been a captain somewhere during their yeah, career. Yeah, yes. yeah Ryan O'Rourke, where's yep. he in? Uh, Ryan O'Rourke in the OHL. Yep. Yep. With the... I just, I just literally got off the phone with his agent, by the way. So can you name where he was? If you, if you want, you can add all that stuff. Is he, at the, is he at the Sioux? Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. This is yeah. a chance to show off your vast, in-depth knowledge. Yeah, he's <laughs> the captain of the Sioux Greyhounds. His agent is Jake Middleton's agent. Huh. How about that? All right. And then in 2021, we added three guys, and I got two out of three there. Galagoski, Merrill, and Pert. Mm-hmm. So Galagoski, I'm, I'm counting A's. Come okay. Back to the U. Yep. Galagoski's worn letters. Um, Pert will wear a letter there if he's not already at St. Cloud. But you remember where he was captain? Where was he captain at his high school? At Grand Rapids. Okay. Grand Rapids. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm going. Okay. Like, you so can you go are, that far. You're yeah. really going back. Yeah. All right. It's just captain pedigree. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm sure Addison wore a C in his Bantam team or something. <laughs> I don't know that. You guys know. Like, I'm just right. saying no. you're going history. You know vastly more. Yeah. And then the other three, the 2022 guys, well, okay, I'm not going to do Lambos because it doesn't support my theory, but Middleton, <laughs> Spachik, and, and Brock Faber. Um, I got three for three. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And Middleton, uh, I mean, he was a top, top, top OHL player. Yep, um, Ottawa. Yep, Ottawa. He was, no, what, number nine in that draft. Um, I, yeah, yeah, Faber. Spachik in the right. recent yep. juniors world. Yep. And, of course, Brock Faber's got two captains now. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Okay, so we go into the forwards now. So by the way, on the defense, percentage-wise, the before guarantee had 67%, tough to beat. Mm-hmm. But the after guarantee, the way I added it up, is six out of eight. Okay. Because I left Lambos out to help. Right, theory, right. All right, so they're at 75%. Yep. So now we'll do the forwards. This is where it gets interesting. So the entire first line is intact for the before guarantee era, and you get one out of them. Right. So I think just one. I don't know Russian history, but whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, Kaprizov's sworn letter, Hartman's... Hartman's sworn letter and oh, Zuccarello. Kaprizov has worn a letter? Yeah, yep. Oh, I he didn't know in that. His career, yep. Couldn't find that. Yep. Where do you wear one? Um, didn't he wear one in the he captained Boy, uh, the no world junior, yeah, he captained the world juniors team when he uh when oh, it was okay. in Montreal. All right. Mm-hmm. And then the entire grief line where you got one A and that's all I could find. Right. Um well, I mean Felino, well yeah, Felino, but I mean X was X captained his teams in uh overseas. And um, I'm not sure about Greener. All right. So that's, that's One three and a half out of, out of three. And then uh, in 2016, we added Deheim. And 2018, we added Dewar. I got one out of two for those. Okay. You, you two? Yep. Probably. Dewar. Yep. Dewar. Uh, uh, oh, WHL, Everett. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yep. And then uh, the 20, well, then the 2019. Draft, you got Boldy and Beckman, and I got zero out of those two. Or am okay. I wrong? Um, I'm trying to think if Beckman, were, I wouldn't know if he wore yeah, a letter in juniors. Um, sure. You know, he was young when he was there, so probably not. But I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, um, who's not enough wears a letter overseas? Um, you know, th- this is partially also what Judd Brackett's trying to do. You know, you, you didn't mention Damon Hunt. He wears a letter, and, uh, you know, he captains his team there. I think Lambos is going to wear a letter this year. So I mean, I, I get what you're oh. saying. This is so that's, well, that's yeah. four out of yeah. four out of uh, ten yeah. for the forwards for the before guarantee. Right. Now you go to the after guarantee, and uh, going back to 2020, Marco Rossi, mm-hmm. obviously for, for Austria, and Gaudreau mm-hmm. had one in yep. Quebec, and Jost yep. has one in Team Canada. Uh, then you you do the drafts, Liam Ogren and. and Danielle, Europe. I don't know about the Russian thing, yeah, but I know yeah. we got one to two out of those right. for the Swedes. Yeah. The only thing I'll say is that, like, you know, look, when you get to the NHL, you were, you were the top most of guy, the yeah. yeah, I mean, if you go back far enough, most yeah. guys were captains. Yeah. I mean, it's most like I, of them yeah, would have been like, captains in yeah. high school. Or, but uh, your point is But that's is getting valid. to my question. But right. now the last five for the uh, forwards, I've got Mitchell, uh, Chaffee, Brandon Baddock, Stephen Fogarty, Sammy Walker, and Sam Steele. That's what mm-hmm. woke me up to this. All five have a captain pedigree, and those are all right. – Recent additions. Yeah. Well, you know, I, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, you know, this is, this is stuff that Bill Guerin values. Well, that's my question. Yeah. Is, is this just random chance because no. captains gravitate up north? Or is, is this part of Billy Guerin's secret formula to bring a Stanley Cup to Minnesota? Well, number one, it's not a secret formula. He's made a chemistry and leadership and character matter. And you don't have to look very far to see the moves he's made to determine that. There is no secret about it. I think if, you, if you're trying to quantify it the way you are, it's difficult because depending on how far back you go, when these players are the elite players that they are, if you go back far enough, they were just so much better than everybody they were on their team. They were probably named a captain. If you go back to high school level or, or whatever the Canadian juniors... But I think your point is more valid if we just don't try to absolutely attach numbers to it in that it does matter. 
it matters when they draft guys. It matters when they sign guys. It matters when they trade for guys. Before they traded for Middleton, the research and the due diligence they did to test his character and confirm his character was as important as anything they saw on the ice. Mm-hmm. And those that is not a small part of any of these decisions made by Billy Garen. So it's a very conscious secret formula. Not so secret. Okay. Yeah, it's very conscious. <laughs> yes. I mean, the Wild have, in previous regimes, added very, 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 very skilled players to this team that were absolute jerks in the, in the locker room. I mean, just, you know, bad guys, and it didn't work out, and they were eventually booted out of here. There's one name that's in my head right now, but I won't do it. I won't say it because... I don't need a call from his agent, um, but but look, I mean that's just that's just that is the reality. Is that it's it, you know there's multiple ways to win in hockey, and everybody wants skills and guys that put the puck in the net and things like that. But if you're going in the locker room and you're an absolute jackass, um, it's 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 a problem. And so Bill Guerin has definitely valued that. And that's not to say like let's be honest. I mean he you know like obviously Paul Fenton's the one that got rid of guys like Niederreiter and. And, and Coyle, and those guys were outstanding leaders. I mean, Charlie Coyle's as good as it gets. Um, you know, uh, uh, Jason Zucker is a great, great guy. He's worn letters in his past. I mean, you know, I don't... It is, and, but I don't and think And Bill Guerin traded him. So it's it, a lot of it is just trying to come up with the proper chemistry that you have in I the don't room. think it was as nearly as big a factor for Paul Fenton as it is for Bill Guerin. Yeah. He was more concerned about the skill than he was the character, and Garrett's the reverse. Yep. The character matters most, and the skill is important, but we need character. So when I brought up the fact that 90% of the forwards I found were captains, my wife said, too many cooks spoil the broth. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, but leadership is where you get the extra gear yep. for the playoffs, I think. But yep. I don't know what you think about that. Well, one of the things that the coaching staff and Billy as well last year complimented about Jared Spurgeon as the captain is that he let everybody have a voice. And it was a leadership by committee because they wanted to hear from everybody, and everybody was a part of it. And that's possible if you have a room full of guys with good character. It's not possible if you've got a couple, and then you've got a couple who are more concerned about themselves mm-hmm. or have more of a selfish thread to their being. And, but it also it requires the guy who's in charge to trust and have the confidence to say, my voice isn't the only one that matters here. Everybody's got a chance to lead. And I think sometimes where you run into trouble is where there's only one voice, where there's only one cook, and everybody else feels like we have to step behind maybe him or the two or three A's that are in the room and say those are the only guys who get a voice. And that was part of Billy's um, you know, decision to change the culture in that room by, by changing it up, by trading Eric Stahl, letting Miko Koiva go, buying out Parisian Suter is that I think he felt like that there wasn't a step to be made by a lot of these other voices because there was just based mostly on longevity, not that any of those guys are bad guys. Right. But I think that the, that they felt like they couldn't make their voice because they were running the show. Just one thing that I did say, because I know I'm not giving away the player, the super skill player that was an absolute jackass. I don't want anybody out there to think I'm talking about Fiala. I was not referring to Fiala. Um, that just popped in my head because I bet there's a, pop, a lot, bunch of people that are, Recent Wild fans um, that are thinking that I'm talking to him. What's your name, by the way? Mark. Mark. Berg. Berg. By the way, if you did want to do NHL caliber only, if you went back to the cup that was stolen from us, that team Mm -hmm. had former, current, and future NHL captains. Yeah. And if you ever did an article to just check out this whole captain pedigree thing, that's the team I'd be curious about because it's our old team. Yeah. I think think that's one of the highest counts. I got, I think... 99? uh, Yeah, 99, 99, 99-0. They got like... uh, 
It also helped that they had Madonna, Neuendijk, and Ornott up, up the middle, but, <laughs> and Hatcher and Belfort and all yeah. that. Um, I don't know what the most yeah. count is ever in the NHL, yeah. but that's got to be right up there. Cool. By the way, Mark uh, is my co-host on next week's show. Right. So well, he's right. he's got a lot. He has more written down in preparation yeah, of yeah. this show than I've had for every show yeah. combined. Mark, uh, by the way, same. Mark, uh, by the way, go get yourself like fifty raffle tickets. Um, so, uh, um, all right, I made it clear it wasn't Fiala. We wanted to talk about uh, Brock Besser again. September twentieth, our next live show at Elsie's. So we're thrilled to have Moe's as one of our new sponsors here on Worst Seats in the House. And Moe's Ice House is a new spot at Fogarty Arena. I've been a guy that was a youth hockey parent. I've been to those weekend tournaments where you're at the rink seemingly forever. This is a great spot if you're at Fogarty to swing in, grab some breakfast beforehand, grab some lunch afterward, in between games in and around ice time, your kids are out there practicing, whatever. But it's also just a great spot to go just on a game night and watch a game. It's a little off the beaten path, but it's right at Fogarty Arena. Solid menu, great TVs, a cool big open bar area where you can sit. It's likely to be the host of the Donkey Hockey League draft this year. Uh, They've got a great banquet room off the backside. Uh, What I tell you now is on my first visit in there, I went with one of my old favorites from... The old Moe's restaurant, which is the pastrami sandwich, on a it's on a pretzel bun, but it is phenomenal. So go check it out, Moe's Ice House uh, at Fogarty Arena up in Blaine. And if you have to have stay home for your meal, then swing into Kowalski's and pick up whatever you need for dinner. We've had a few really good ones lately at a pork tenderloin there. But I went back and tried the. 40-day USDA Prime fillets after we had made them at our podcast live at the Kowalski's parking lot to try to match what we made that night because that night I thought those were some of the best fillets I've had. We had them again. They were good. They weren't quite as good as as what we made that night, so I might have to go back to Troy Schmeling, the head of their meat and seafood department, and find out exactly how he had his grill set up. Those were a little better. Even though I was the same guy grilling them, I think they were a little better that night. But it's outstanding, so check it out. And when you head into the meat and seafood department there, you'll be thankful that you did. Anytime you're going to have a great meal, you got to start there and go to Kowalski's. And here's a word from Bosch Law Firm. Hey, hockey fans. Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call is always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about the Besser story. So I met with Besser on, um, uh, I think, the day before I went and, and met, met up with Jab. So I, I can't remember, late August. And uh, we met up at a caribou in Bloomington, and um, it was one of the. And it, what's really funny is I, the first time I ever met with Besser was a, a year of his draft at a Burnsville caribou as well. And um, it seems like anytime I ever get together with him, it's it's at a coffee shop. And um, this was definitely one of the most gripping interviews I've ever had. And I think everybody that knows my writing knows that um, you know uh, my best writing are quotes. <laughs> You know, uh, and I always feel like if I'm going to write a story, like people want to 
like, uh, you know, I'm a storyteller and I always feel like the way, and I, sometimes it's a little too quote heavy, but I feel like people want, would rather hear from them rather than a bunch of, bunch of flowery, you know, colorful writing from me and trying flowery to flowery is what people think yeah. of when they think of you and, usually. And, uh, you know, I, I, and what I always like to do is paint a scene and the Tim McGraw thing is what, what stood out to me today. And it really was the most gripping interview that I've had in a long time. And a lot of it's because I knew Duke. So it, it hit me hard. I've gotten to know his whole family, and I respect the heck out of the family. I've become the Brock Besser beat writer at The Athletic. It's hilarious how many features of his I wrote. But if you have not read this story, you don't have to be a uh, hockey fanatic or a Canucks fan or a Minnesota hockey history fan to really love the story. I think anybody that, had, that has a great relationship with their dad or has experienced loss in a whole is going to really be touched by this story, and it is. It's a... It's a tearjerker. I mean, it, it is, is it's, it, I mean, there's nobody, the comments on the story today were amazing of people that just from the opening graph were essentially crying throughout. And it, it was like that when I interviewed him. I mean, him, you know, it was just, it was a touching, touching story. Well, I think it's a story that hits home for anybody who was pursuing a dream and what it's like as a parent to watch your child do that is, I think is where it really connects and, you and I have talked about this many, many times about the role my father had in my life, your stepfather had in your life. And it's one of the things that I still to this day, it, it, it's not a regret. Regret's not the right word, but I wish I could go back and have an opportunity. My father passed away the year that I was hired as the Wilds play-by-play guy. And I got the job in April he passed away in November, and it was the year of the NHL lockout, so the season didn't start till January. So for all of the failures he had watched in my career, early in my career, and how many times he was living and dying with job opportunities that I didn't get, to think that he never – I achieved my dream two months after he passed, and he never got to see that, and I, I feel badly about that. And he's got – three other kids or things that they have achieved in their life too that I, I'm sure he wish or he would have loved to have seen. Same with my kids though. He, he was such a huge part of my children's lives and he missed that fall, my son winning the state championship as a quarterback. And he had, he had not missed a game from the time AJ was in third grade. He was the first guy there with a lawn chair on the side of the field to get a great seat. And to think that that fall he passed two weeks before we won the championship, so he didn't get to see that either. Those are the kind of things. So for me, stories like this, I know what it would have been like to be that father watching mm -hmm. your son pursuing the dream of being an NHL player, and he got to see it at least, but how that, he's such a big part of that, and how now every time Brock Besser goes to the rink, his father and his father's role in his career and in his development come to mind. And, yeah. and so it, I thought it, it was a great story, and anybody that had any kind of a relationship with their father would appreciate it. Yeah, well, there were so many poignant quotes in there, but one that really struck me was Laurie saying how there was so much about Brock for, his de for Duke to be in awe of and proud of, and it's so true. I mean, that is the neatest thing, is that at least Duke got to see um, Brock win a national championship, get drafted in the first round, um, be the MVP at the All-Star game, score 20 goals at least every year that he was in the NHL and see all this. And I think that it's just a, it's a really cool story. And it really, 
um, it brought me back to when my stepfather was in hospice as well. And, and you know, the, the one thing about my stepfather is he got to enjoy my career. When I was a young sports writer, him cutting out every single article that I wrote and putting it in, in a binder for me to have years from now um, that I still open up and can't believe that I still get to do this job because those stories were so atrocious. But, um, but I mean, again, I was 15 years old when I started as a sports writer, so I could not drive in Florida at night. So he would have to bring me to every single game and come back to the newsroom and sit there and reading a book while I was writing my article and, you know, and, and sit there and just without complaint, then bring me home. I mean, you know, those are the type of things. So I think anybody that's experienced loss, um, I got a text today from, um, you, you know, my buddy, Mike Roach, you've yes. been out with him. So his nephew, Kyle, um, wrote me, and I don't know if anybody remembers this story, but, but 10, 12 years ago, I was in Alberta. Um, and Kyle texted me as I was driving to, it was in 2010, because I was driving to watch Jason Zucker and um, Charlie Coyle play in a World Junior exhibition game um, there. And um, I think it was 2010. And um, I got a text from Kyle at 11 years old. My dad just died. And Kyle wrote me today saying that every word of that story brought him back to this article that I wrote about his dad back then. And I think that anybody that, that um, and by the way, um, Kevin, who is his father, would be absolutely proud of what the man that Kyle's, uh, you know, uh, developed into, graduated from University of Wisconsin, got a job in Washington, D.C. So I think anybody that's uh, suffered loss will love this story, and hopefully people were touched by this story, Anthony. I don't know how they wouldn't be. It really was. It was a good story. By the way, the, uh, the, the, the night, that, the day that your dad died... Didn't AJ have just a ridiculous game in a high school game? Yeah, it was the state quarterfinal game. And, yeah, we were together at my father's bedside. He died in the morning. And and then that night we went and beat Apple Valley in the first round of the state tournament. AJ hit his best buddy for a touchdown pass in the first drive. It was a, it was a magical night, but it was sure an emotional three-week, four-week ride during that season when uh, my dad died. I mean, he went. He progressed quickly. He had dementia, and they had said he was going to live like six to eight years. He lived eight months. They had, when we checked him into the hospital, they said he had months, not years, and he he lived three weeks. It was crazy how fast it it progressed. But yeah, it was um, that day was a pretty emotional day in our house. Let's yep. just say that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and he would be proud of all the Lapantas, even Stev for his atrocious, <laughs> atrocious hockey fantasy picking. Yeah, um, uh, it's I, I miss him every day, and it's and he is I, I. I've heard so many stories about your your dad yeah. too that I feel like I knew him, and unfortunately I never got to meet him. But just even through your mom, you know, you I kind of feel like I I've met your you know Hoyle, as his nickname. Yeah, we called him Hoyle. He would have liked you. <laughs> <laughs> he would probably give me some crap. More than uh, the rest of your family. Who has questions here? Let's lighten the mood. Uh, otherwise, if you don't ask questions, Mark is going to get these two signs because, let's be honest, he was on the mic for 10 minutes. Here we go. I, I just I get, saw Mark ask for another notebook and a pen, so he yeah, might be working on yeah. the next question. So here we go. So last week, okay, you're first. There you go. What's your name? England Rugby. Nice. What's your name? Yeah. My name is DJ. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Um, so training camp just kind of on the horizon for every team. Mm -hmm. Um, what's kind of the big, uh, I guess expectations for the big storylines coming in for Minnesota wild for like the upcoming season. 
So it's funny. So early in camp, I always really focus on the guys that I think have a chance to make the team that aren't household names. That's why, if you remember day one of camp last year, I think a lot of Wild fans that read the Athletic were like, why the hell is this guy writing about Duham and Dur? Um, one guy that I will promise you that I'll probably hit on very early in camp, not a total feature because Joe Smith, my new colleague, is going to do the big feature if he makes the team because he covered him in Tampa Bay and knows everything about him. And I won't give away what the really hook of this feature is, which would be really cool. But that's Andre Schuster. I think Andre, especially with John Merrill, start, uh, not ready to make the team out of camp. I think he's got a great chance to make the team. 6'8", spent the majority of his career in the NHL. The Wild, if I got to ask uh, Andre to see if I'm remembering this right, I think the Wild were a team when he came out of Omaha. Um, um, I think um, were a finalist to sign him as a college free agent. They lost out on him. Um, but uh, I was talking to Wes Walls the other day uh, via text, and Wes was pointing out all these analytical numbers on how good – Schuster's teams have been from a penalty kill perspective. And when I talked to Bill Guerin, um, Bill talks to like Schuster is making this team. So I think this is one guy that I want to introduce wild fans to right away. Giant, right? Six, eight, six, nine. Big guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Schuster's to- intriguing. I also think Marco Rossi is going to be yep. really interesting to watch in this year's camp, just to see how he fits in, how close to ready to not just make the team, but contribute in a major top six type role. I think that's, to me, that's the most interesting part of this year's camp is how he fits in. Yeah. Um, uh, and I was talking to Felino. Felino says Rossi looks outstanding. You know what I love about Felino? He's always so in tune of what's going on. Like he, he read my story from when I went and visited Rossi in Austria just to learn more. Like this is like the way that he's that's such a leadership. leader. Like, he read my story to learn about him, to bring things up to him to make him feel comfortable. Like, who does that? Like, who, like, I guarantee you, like, most guys in the team wouldn't even think like that. But Felino's like, I always want to, you know, make him feel comfortable, you know? And I just, I don't know. That's something about Marcus Felino, right? I think it's just leadership. That's what it is. It's a guy that cares about those around him and is as excited for success for others and wants to know more about others. That's what great leaders do. Yep. So poor, this guy can't even watch our show from the uh, confines of his car this week. He was, uh, uh, the person at the mic right now is, uh, was our, at our Kowalski show, uh, the one that was like a drive-in movie theater, Anthony. That was a good time. I can't wait for the next time. one. Yeah. So he wasn't the guy who pulled up in the Volkswagen van with no windows, was he? No, no. <laughs> I think I saw that car on the side of the road just now. So out of all the NHL teams Peter Sikora played for, he played the least with the Wild. Can you elaborate why? Um, I mean, if you remember, uh, I mean, the whole big story is I remember landing in Salt Lake City, and I get a call from his agent, Alan Walsh, not long after I wrote that big Havlat story. And he was super upset at the ice time that he was given and things like that. And um, and uh, it just never worked. I think Mike Yo or Todd Richards, Todd Richards was the coach. And then eventually he just, they both agreed on a mutual buyout. And I think he wound up going back to Jersey. You know, um, I didn't really get to know Sakura really well. I can tell you that I, when the Wild signed him, I know he was late in his career, but I was super excited about the signing because I was always a huge uh, Sakura fan And uh, when he played with the Devils, and um, he was a great hockey player. But in terms of when he got to here, it just didn't fit. You know, that just happens. Like, I remember um, I covered Igor Larionov in Florida, and he was freaking miserable. And I remember being so excited to cover the professor, future Hall of Famer, all this stuff. And then he goes there. He hated every minute of being there, not in Detroit. And eventually, the same thing, Panthers allowed him to go back to Detroit. 
sometimes just good players don't work out on teams, and, and a lot of times it's based on the fact that they just know one way and can't adjust to that new surrounding. So, question. What's your name? Uh, name's AJ, so hi, Dad. I got two. First one is, I know some guys have signed PTOs already, but where do you think... Um, Guys like Subban or Holtby are going to end up when the season starts, if they even are signed. Holtby, I don't think Holtby, I talked to somebody that doesn't know. Holtby's got some health issues, okay. um, so I don't think he's going to. I don't know if Subban will either. Um, you know, my, my gut says, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I, uh, I will say this. I, it's funny because I talked to one of his, uh, an agent from his, his uh, Newport, which has like 15 agents, but I talked to somebody there today, and I didn't even think they've asked me about about uh, Subban. I think it's just right now you're at the spot where it's all about health. Yeah. It's who has an injury at the position in the in early in camp or in a preseason game where they just need a veteran to yeah. bridge a gap. Other than that, I don't I think right now teams are set with what they'd like to enter the season as their goaltending situation. I don't know who right now is looking at it saying, "Well, if our guys aren't good enough, we'll grab this." I think it's ha- it's an injury Injury or nothing for those guys right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it is, um, you know, PK might wind up just being on NHL Network or something. That, I mean, he's got a future in that, um, you know, some sort of media. He's certainly a character. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd like to see him on there and things like that. I, I, I like him, but his game is definitely not the same that it used to be. Um, and Hopi, same thing. His game has fallen apart ever since he was on the, the Scribes in the Donkey League. It's just... Also, my second one is, uh, yeah. you know, as a fan, my favorite season as watching the Wild was definitely this past season. But what is your guys' favorite season being able to cover them? I know with COVID, things have certainly been different. But uh, from a fan perspective, last season was certainly awesome. Yeah, I, I totally with you. I mean, I, I've enjoyed covering the Wild a lot. I've, I've enjoy, I enjoyed that 2008 team. Um, I thought the 2014 team was phenomenal. I still think the 2017 was one of the best Wild teams I've ever covered. And they just ran into a awful matchup with Anaheim, but last year was the most fun and entertained I've been as a sports writer. I mean, it was an entertaining season, the way that they put up goals and the way that they, you know, these miraculous comebacks, Anthony. I mean, I got to think it's the same for you. All those late game heroics that you got to call, overtime wins, last second goals, things like that. I think the only one that rivaled it was 14 just because it was was the first playoff series win Mm -hmm. that I had covered as a play-by-play guy, and that series in Colorado and the game seven, I'll never, that, that'll be tough to top as, as an individual night. But the season last year, we had 10 years worth of exciting finishes all crammed into one season. Yeah. You just don't get what we got last year. The only negative part of last season was still dealing with the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. We had, it's hard to even remember that it was last year. Remember, early in the season, we were still basically in quarantine in our hotels when we were on the road, still weren't allowed inside the room all year. There were still the games canceled during the season, wound up with all the reschedules during what was going to be the Olympic break, still had to do some games remotely because of that. So there were still some things that that are the parts of these last couple seasons that I really disliked. But the season itself was unbelievable. Um, by the way, AJ, get your raffle tickets. Um, Carp, get off the phone. I know you're not on Twitter. Um, so have you ever been kicked off Twitter, by the way? 
kicked off Twitter? Yeah, like you know how impo- like the most vile things are said on Twitter, and there's somebody in this room that's actually been booted off Twitter. Isn't that like almost? You'd think it'd be impossible. I, right? And then he got his friend booted well, off. What Twitter. would you do to get booted off of Twitter? Carp, you want to come up to the mic? So, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Do you remember Car- Carp's the guy that came here? He was like, maybe I'm giving now way too much info of Carp's life. But he came here with his mom, and his mom was driving him to the hospital because he had, was having some issue, and he decided to come to our podcast first, sat here, watched our hour podcast, and then had his mom bring him to the hospital. So, Well, I like the commitment, but yeah. the, no, I, don't, I don't really even... We've talked a lot about... My role on Twitter. Yeah. I've never muted anybody. I've never yeah. blocked anybody. Yeah. Well, I, I apparently can read last week accidentally started a live chat while I was on the golf course when yeah. my phone was in my pocket. So it, there are some elements of Twitter that I might not really have yeah. down yet. Yeah. Well, Carp, uh, I will say this. So no, I've never from been my perspective. Um, my mentions have gotten a lot more um, sane without Carp on Twitter, but a lot less entertaining. Because it was always fun just seeing him uh, just uh, lose his mind during games. So, uh, question: Did you you I saw you hiding at my uh, uh, Labor Day show at the State Fair, right? Thank you for coming. Yes, you did. Yeah. And I've been hiding since ten ten shed days. Nice. So, no, I know. So, I mean, you're always the best. So I appreciate you always coming out. And so after three or four years, I finally have a question. Nice. So, um, as you know, I've subscribed to the Athletic since you switched over. But there are other articles I read, and in the Wall Street Journal, they had an interesting article on the Los Angeles Rams and how they protect their players from soft tissue issue injuries. Mm-hmm. And it was very in-depth, but the, the point of saying all that was they had a website there that's man lost games. Mm-hmm. And then it made me wonder how many types of very niche websites are there for sports writers like you because the website was open to me for $65 but for detailed information for somebody like yourself is $350 <laughs> and it just made me wonder what type of things are out there for you or do you subscribe to any obscure things that- um yeah it's it's actually funny you said that the other day and of course now I'm not going to remember it the other day I found a website that had like information that I've been looking for for years and I'm like I didn't even know anybody kept track of it of course I can't think of what it was. I don't know if it was starting lineups and it was something like that. Um, but me, you know, I um, like hockey references. My and elite prospects are my two go tos. Um, um, I, you know, obviously, you know, read stuff like uh, I almost said War on Ice, um, but uh, you know, Evolving Wild and some of the analytics sites and like that. But um, usually, when I need um, any analytic information, I just uh, text Dylan and ask him for uh, some uh, some help. So that's about it. But I actually. I um, there are stuff like Sports Logic and things like that. Um, he's uh, yeah, uh, we, uh, NHL stats. You do a lot more. Yeah, I probably use I would guess ten to twelve different database stat sites over the course of a season. And for some of them, I have to have a subscription. For some, it's available to you, but it takes some time to manipulate them. And it's I have kids sometimes that are trying to get into the broadcasting business that ask me how you do your prep. And it is, nobody would really ever understand how many different sites you have to use because there isn't, one, there isn't a one-stop shop for hockey information. 
So I'll use the NHL, the, even the NHL.com and the NHL media site have different information available to, on them. And our company has a subscription to Sport Radar. I'll use Stats Pass. I mean, there are just, there are so many. And now with the new analytics, there are different sites that are really good for different things, but not one for all of them. So it, it, there are a ton of different places that I go for information. There's uh, one site out there that gives you the standings by date. Uh, for like history, that one I use a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, um, I keep. I think anybody that knows me knows I'm a dinosaur. I, I, I write about the games and probably get more more. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to evolve to write more analytics and things like that. But for the most part, I, the public sites that you could all read, I look at as well. And I also keep my own stuff. Like I have an Excel file that I just. A lot of it is stuff that you could get online, but stuff that during a game I can look at real quick. That's why, if, if you notice, when somebody scores a goal, I'm, I'm almost immediately able to tweet out like how many goals or points they have in a certain amount of time. I keep my own thing. But a lot of it is, is stuff that I just put in there just for my memory. It's kind of like Anthony when he preps for a game. He's writing stuff out that a lot of times he's just going to remember during the games, but writing it out probably helps you. You're not going to, you know, during a hockey play-by-play, -play, you're going to always be able to quickly look at your notes. But for me, it's like I know if a guy is hot or cold in a game based on just me doing their Excel files during a game. So I do that always the day after. Do you want great quality drinking water? What about great quality drinking water you can get right from your sink and your fridge? Eliminate plastic water bottles and have convenient, worry-free drinking water now. It's great for coffee, which is, you all know is my favorite, tea, cooking, and of course, drinking. Aquarius Home Services Connecticut has a variety of water treatment options for you to get the quality water you deserve, and they offer a free water analysis. Their trusted water specialist will come visit your home and will provide quality options that make sense for you and your home. Contact Aquarius Home Services and Connecticut for a free water analysis. Visit AquariusHomeServices.com today. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. Take the checking account challenge from Royal Credit Union. Compare your checking account to Royal and see why it makes sense to switch. Royal's checking accounts have no hidden fees and lots of free features that make it easy to stay on top of your money. You can deposit checks with the Royal's mobile app, receive real-time notifications when transactions happen, and even freeze your debit card in seconds. See what other features you're missing out on and make the switch to a Royal checking account at rcu.org slash royalchallenge, insured by NCUA. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is the time, my friend. Over at Chris Lindahl Real Estate, they are absolutely money. You can get a strong cash offer. Sell your home stress-free with a guaranteed offer with Chris Lindahl Real Estate. Don't worry about the hassle of constant cleaning and home maintenance. Sell your home with Chris Lindahl today. I told you many, many times he sold. Actually, his uh, colleague, Jen, also uh, really was a huge help in s helping sell my uh, condo in downtown Minneapolis a couple years back. So go to chrislindahl.com right now. Fill out a quick form. Receive an all-cash offer on your home today. No obligation. The guaranteed offer allows you to bypass the market and sell your home hassle-free. That means no showings, no open houses, no stress. Just choose when you want to move, and you will with uh, you will close with confidence. That is Chris Lindahl guaranteed offer. It keeps you in control. It's that simple. Go to chrislindahl.com to get a guaranteed offer on your home today, so you can start packing. Certain restrictions apply. So we've been waiting a little while to see if you guys were going to come out to New Ulm, and you haven't made it yet, so uh, we made the drive up tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for, uh, for coming up. I've been to New Ulm a couple times. Uh, he got your autograph. In New Ulm? In the front row. Yep. Oh, nice. 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 He seems thrilled <laughs> yeah. about it. 
Um, I got two questions. What is the big? uh, It's where. uh, What's the beer? The brewery there? They shells. Yeah, there you go. There you go. She said, "I better ask a question because she wants one of those." All right, we got to get him. He's got to win this raffle. So here we go. Otherwise, they're very inaccessible in New Ulm. Yeah, Yeah, there's no way to get them on our own. Um, Two questions. First one, and I I, I don't know if Anthony's going to get this reference, but is um, Freddie Goudreau to Dean Evason, what Jody Hull was to Roger Nielsen? Like, 100%. Okay. I used <laughs> that same analogy last year to Jody Hull. It's, it's unbelievable. So, um, Jody Hull, by the way, number 12 for the Florida Panthers back in the mid-90s, was my favorite player to cover. Like, he and I had a great relationship, and um, I've used that analogy to Tom Fitzgerald, Bill Lindsay, all this stuff, but, but look, I mean... It works. I mean, every coach has somebody they absolutely love or absolutely hate on a team. Yeah. And it's that simple. And, and it's sometimes it's somebody they trust. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I, I think it's a great analogy. That's so funny. Um, now, I never actually co- – I knew Roger, but I never covered him. Yeah. But, Doug, you know, Jody and Doug McLean had a good relationship as well. And on that 96 Panthers, Jody was a huge integral part of that line with, you know, uh, he played a lot with Fitzgerald and, and Lindsey. And so – um, he's absolutely that guy. Yeah. Only, you know, Jody, um, you know, Freddie could fly um, and probably has better hands at the NHL level, though, at least when I covered Jody down in Florida. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, second question. Great, uh, great. Making $2 oh, million so dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's crazy. Um, so. Tyson Jost is making $2 million and he's an RFA. What does he realistically need to do this year in order to stick around with the Wild? Well, he definitely has a to take a lot more than yeah. he's done so far. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but he's got to get that opportunity. He's, you know, the one thing that Jody, that Jody, the one thing that um, um, that Tyson has to do, Anthony, I think, is realize that right now, if you look at the lines of this team, when they're completely healthy, when Greenway comes back, there's if they're healthy, there's no there's no room in the top nine really. So he's got to take advantage of this opportunity that he's going to be given in the top nine right now, or he's going to wind up back in the fourth line. So he's got to come into camp, and I'm sure he is. He seems like a great, smart kid. Um, and he's just got to come in and show that urgency from day one and not hide in the weeds. No question. And there is an opportunity for him this year, but you don't get very many of these. And I thought the trade was a great opportunity for him because there was probably going to be a little more opportunity here than there was in Colorado. But you have to take advantage, and when I say he's got to do more than he's done, it's just because of that. It isn't that he's not a qualified NHL player. Yeah. It's, there's just not space for him. So in order to keep a guy at about that price point, he's going to have to bring more than he's brought so far. Yeah. I'm still blown away by the Jody Hull thing. I'm just absolutely. All right, this is going to be the last question of the show, and then we're going to wrap things up here. Well, it's a Chuck Fletcher question, actually. Um, All right, so we're done with the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, it, it appears he didn't want John Tortorella as his coach there, and it seems like this, they've already got a lot of problems. Is this a really combustible situation in Philadelphia that's going to come to the surface yeah. here pretty quick? I think any time John Tortorella's involved, it's a combustible situation. And John's already, I don't know if you saw this, I think he did a serious interview the other day where he already is talking about how there's major toxic issues in that room. I'm using the word toxic. He didn't, but that's essentially what he said read between the lines and so he's already coming in there ready to just make his make some make some noise um so 
Um, I don't know if it's true that he didn't want John Tortorella, Chuck, or whatever. But it, but look, it's a combustible situation because that team right now is a combustible situation, right? I mean, they you know didn't have a great off season as well, um, and underachieved and yeah, last year, yeah, no doubt. Um, so, um, uh, thanks as always for coming out. So next week. September 20th is at Elsie's. That is uh, one day before training camp starts, uh, the night before training camp. So that is going to be an outstanding show. We'll try to get a really cool guest. Um, you know, if not, Mark is available, right? Um, so uh, definitely come on out there. Uh, that is going to be after my Dean Evason uh, um, sit down, after my Jake Middleton. So there'll be a lot of stuff to talk about. I'll hopefully have a lot of really actual accurate answers to give you based on me, my sit down with, um, with, uh, Dean and that story is running the next day. So I'll feel comfortable divulging everything during that podcast. Cause it doesn't come out. Oh, you know what? The one thing I did want to say, Brandon, is that the person that scooped everybody for the Joe Smith story was Brandon because we were a little late on the pushing the trigger at the athletic and, uh, and Joe putting it out. And so the podcast the podcast, the worst seats announcing Joe Smith came out before Joe announced Joe Smith, and I had like a heart attack for like five minutes that Joe was going to see this and go absolutely crazy. So that'll be funny. Uh, last thing of the show, and um, everybody, it is my mom's birthday today, so everybody wish my mom a happy birthday. She will absolutely love this. Yep. Yep. Uh, turned uh, 50 years old today. Really exciting. Um, Thanks, as always, for coming out to Tuttle's again. Elsie's September 20th, uh, 7 p.m. Come on out. Thanks to our incredible sponsors, Moe's, obviously, Grain Belt and Tuttle's, um, Kowalski's, Bosch Law Firm, Aquarius Home Services, your local authorized dealer for Connecticut Water Treatments, Royal Credit Union, and Chris Lindahl Real Estate. Thanks, everybody, for coming on out. Thank Anthony, everybody. Thank you for coming. So much coming out, there's nothing going in I know that you feel like you're never gonna win All but the world